0: Welcome to Money Talks with me, Gerald and Mr. Jim Wandiambira. And as we continue on this journey of um, exploring money and life, we're going to be to- talking a topic which is very sensitive to some but is the reality for many. Um, we're going to be talking the relationship between love and your finances in terms of how your emotions and how your relationship in terms of romantic, romantic relationship can affect your relationship with your finances. So today's podcast is entitled Love and Money. Now, for most people, this topic is one where, you know, we like to romanticize everything to do with money and love in terms of saying that, look, um, you're supposed to, you know, spend whatever is possible and sacrifice whatever is necessary to maintain a relationship. Um, but in reality, we need to realize that there are certain key fundamentals which need to be in place in order for you to be able to thrive financially whilst at the same time maintaining and thriving romantically and I think um, this starts off in terms of defining the types of relationships where finances become um, important in terms of the future of the relationship. Now there's two types of relationships. There's the romantic relationships which have a contractual obligation in terms of they're legal. So, for example, you cannot discuss the topic of love and money in the same breath of an unmarried couple as you can with a married couple. So, let's start off with the married couple in terms of understanding how money works there. Um, in terms of marriage, marriage is really a contract and there's three types of marriage regimes in South Africa. The first one is called an a- ANC agreement with accrual. Antinuptial contract is what ANC stand for. and C. With accrual means that when you enter into the marriage, whatever you have, you declare and whatever you accumulate as the marriage proceeds, um, you will basically have an equal share in that's an ANC with accrual. Now, when you're also discussing the other type of marriage contract, you could be talking about the community of property. Now, the community of property marriages. Um, Much simpler than ANC with accrual in terms of it just means that whatever the assets are of the joint estate, what the husband and the wife own, um, becomes uh, shared by both parties equally in the event of the marriage ending. And the last and final type of marriage contract you could discuss is just an ANC contract where... There's no accrual. It's really what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And it's important to bear that in mind because when you're talking finances in a marriage, there's a contractual obligation. It's not something you can take lightly or get out of, um, but something which is very important in terms of um, how the marriage actually operates. now it obviously gets a lot trickier when you start discussing finances and relationships outside marriage and i think there we'll really end off this particular podcast and that side of the equation but in terms of let's start off with the legal side where we're talking about married couples and how they relate with regards to their finances the first thing i would probably point out there is that um, finances and the financial journey starts way before you start thinking about even getting married i think what is important in terms of most couples right now is to engage in some sort of financial counseling in terms of preparation for marriage. The simple reason is that we all have our own financial personalities and behaviors which are ingrained. They are who we are. Now, by going through a process of marriage counseling with regards to your finances, you're able to identify each other's strengths and weaknesses, and work together as a team when you enter into your marriage in terms of being best prepared for creation of wealth and growing um, your estate together. I think this is an important part because through that process of financial counseling for marriage, you go through all the discussions which affect your money including how many children you want to have where you want to stay if you love traveling how much your wedding will cost your honeymoon all those things are put into the fray and it also forces us to disclose some things which we don't like disclosing things like how much we earn as well as even worse how much we owe and i think it's the how much we owe when we enter into financial contracts of marriage, that really becomes the big problem in the long run because a lot of us are happy to share in the good times, but very few of us are willing to share in the bad. And it isn't the bad really when finances are tested, when there's lack or less, that's when we can really start to explore and understand um, whether a marriage is solid or stable in terms of its finances. And I think full disclosure is number one in terms of finances, communication is absolutely key and it is absolutely paramount in your finances especially when you're married i think when you're dating it's a totally different conversation and we'll discover that in the second half of this podcast but when you are married you do have need to have that full disclosure of assets as well as liabilities and that's why it's also important for you within your marriage construct to sit down with a financial planning professional to plan and plot the way ahead Um, often when there's no full disclosure Um, in a marriage environment that's when you allow this thing which i call financial infidelity and financial infidelity is really where you're not totally clued up on your partner's um, financial position and you may have needs and often that's where you crack the door open to that person who might perhaps might be able to fulfill some of your financial needs and from one small thing such as a lunch or a little gift can become the full infidelity of the actual marriage being on the line so You know, as much as you can say, buying yourself a snack or airtime or a little bit of money here and there, which he doesn't know about or she doesn't know about, um, it's not going to be a problem. It is. Everything should be fully disclosed, which is why you operate within the confines of a marital budget. And in that budget, you give each other things like pocket money and that you don't have to account for. Um, But obviously, if it's coming out of the joint um, estate, do account for it so that the other party is fully aware of the challenges um and where the money is going through in terms of where you're spending um the assets and the money of the of, of the marriage because when one party finds out that there's missing money which should have never gone anywhere or was spent without the authority of the other it becomes a challenge and authority is indeed something which um, can also be explored because authority is really about um also you understanding that you know within within the marriage um especially with a community of property arrangement you cannot enter into significant financial contracts without um the explicit um authority or not authority and complicity of the part of the other half so in other words you can't go buy a car without letting your wife know especially if you're operating um within the confines of a community of property marriage regime or an anc with accrual Um, you just need to let the other party know they don't necessarily need to be involved in the paperwork and So you need to protect yourself from this thing I'm calling financial infidelity because this financial infidelity when it's not controlled can actually lead to the ultimate breakdown of the marriage itself because once there's a trust relationship lost it leads to other relationship factors being diminished and eventually the entire breakdown of the union itself. that trust relationship is ultimately broken. Um yes, you can get that whole financial infidelity going through right through to the full suite, which is really infidelity. Now, we now it's easy to to blame people for decisions they make and this is not a moral judgment contest here. We're talking about the finances in terms of you and your finances and how they're affected by love but where there is infidelity let's start discussing the financial loss or financial toll now it's not a topic which is always agreed or discussed but there is a significant financial loss um, or financial cost to cheating and you know this is now entering into we are jola 99 territory in terms of saying if you are cheating on your partner you are taking finances and money that should be in your marriage or in your relationship and you are taking it out and when you take it out you're going to lose and that's really an issue because a lot of um, wives sit at home in compromised financial situations because of money that is going out into an extramarital relationship now that often is spent on hotels that is spent on entertainment or whatever people do to have a good time when they want to escape um, their main relationship and again we're not questioning or wanting to judge people's decisions but there is a clever way of being able to manage your finances even if you were to go this route and I'm really going to say look if you are inclined to be in that space where you are going to take money out of your marital union out um what rule number one would be to maintain the integrity of your finances at home so it means as much as you may want to jolla make sure that that you've taken care of business at home which means provision for your family and provision for all the household utilities and bills Um, next thing if you are going to be reckless and and do try that life of um, a second extramarital relationship um, do it wisely there's there's clever ways in which you can consider saying look how am i going to spend this money yes instead of perhaps um, wasting money on hotels and, um, and expensive trips, try and look at ways in which you can save. And one of the easiest ways to save is simply get her an apartment um yes i'm saying it and people are going to say what financial planner telling guy to cheat and get apartment i'm just saying look it's cheaper for you to get an apartment for somebody who you want to be in a relationship with than to spend excessive, excessive amounts on um recurrent hotel expenses and similarly it will save a lot on the entertainment and going out um and You know this is how you need to be looking at your money in terms of protecting it um regardless of where you spend it or how you spend it it's of absolute um, importance that you spend it wisely another point i'm going to talk about is really that there's going to be there's a risk return relationship in terms of you going out of your main marriage into um an extramarital relationship and that's really the fact that when you do this thing um know that you could be found out and when this happens there will be consequences for isaac newton's law for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction so if you want to play with fire just be careful know that the fire can return to haunt you and obviously all the things that you have done in this relationship can be used as evidence against you in a dissolution of marriage court um, proceedings i.e a divorce so again what am i saying i'm simply saying that if you are in that situation where you are in love and you want to spend money do it within the confines of a marriage if you're going to do it outside the confines of a marriage do it wisely don't spend recklessly Um, don't forget your responsibilities at home But at the same token, if you do want to try that life as well, know that if you play with fire, you will and ultimately get burnt. And when you do get burnt, it could cost you um, not only your marriage, it could cost you your children, and it would cost you a lot more in terms of what you had bargained for. So, my question is really, is it worth it? Is it worth it for you to jola? Because at the end of the day, you could actually put yourself into a far worse financially compromising situation. Um, I don't know. It's not for me to judge or for, for me to try and be the, the moral heartbeat of everyone. But I think it is important that we accept and realize that there is a consequence um, which follows Um any behavior around your finances which is outside your marital union if you are dating it's the same consequence um i think if you're dating there isn't that um legal handcuff in terms of saying or legal union binding you together but still even if you were to um, start cheating from your main um, girlfriend you would end up spending money that money would come um, at a cost, if your your partner was to find out, it would exactly react. Um, well, do cause a reaction where they probably walk out, and you'd end your relationship. And I think the main thing about money and relationships is that you know people don't realize that um, the reason why you end up in that financial infidelity situation is because you never had control of your main game, your A game. You weren't controlling. Your money. And I think um, what we need to do is to enter into a journey where, if we are in those relationships, we are well in control of our finances. And finances have led to probably this number two reason why people end up walking from each other um full disclosure it's important that if you're talking love and money communication is key Um, know what the other earns obviously within the confines of a marriage if you're going to tell your girlfriends how much you earn you're going to also feel it in your pocket because you create an expectation and from that expectation you're going to obviously have um, financial responsibilities which may end up burning you back in terms of your pocket So where are we taking this conversation? What is it all about? Well, for me, it was really a conversation to say, look, um, we've been in this COVID-19 extended period where people have been sitting at home, um, normally with their primary relationship. And as we are about to exit that um, lockdown zone in terms of the levels being relaxed, um, perhaps I should be asking you, how much have you saved by not being... In that compromising situation where sometimes you had been sending money out of your relationship how much have you saved from um, not going out from not um, going to expensive um, lodges or hotels or even not supporting someone else who's not legally obliged to be supported by you and i guess my advice to someone who's listening is really if you've survived this long and maybe you've managed to restore the bond within your relationship at home should you be considering even going back after the lockdown and i think this is the message to say look if you've survived during lockdown you found your happiness is it necessary to go back and open that door of financial infidelity um, or is it better to stay where you are now for those who are listening who perhaps are saying no this is unfair advice because some of us have been fighting for these um men or women and supporting them in their horrible situations i think it's about saying you know before you give um into anyone um and their finances um do you really want to do it from a position of weakness where you are not financially independent Um, If you are going to be in that space, I'll give you advice as well. Get empowered. Um, Instead of allowing that person to simply show you the finer things in life, invest in education, Um, invest in a small business, Um, get something out of it. Don't be in a situation where you are just a dependent like a child. So again, it's advice for both sides of the equation. And and it's coming without any moral judgment, but simply applying the common sense um, realities of money. And also, you know, the functions of um, knowing that it can work, but um, know what you're getting into. So in summary, what have we covered? We've covered love and money in terms of understanding that there's three marriage, reg- marriage regimes, um, community of property, split things halfway. A and C with a crow, you split things halfway after declaring what you have when you go in an ANC, you never are joined in terms of being a financial estate. We also discussed the point that if there's no full disclosure or communication within the marriage or before the marriage is actually signed into a contract or law, there will definitely be problems down the line. And often those problems start off with a little thing called financial infidelity where someone provides Um, a little bit of money to help out one of the partners, the man or the woman. Um, It could be even something as small as airtime or lunch or just attention. And obviously that then leads to finances either going in Um, into your life from the extra party or you could be finances going out and one of the things which I discussed when we're talking about the finances going out is saying look Ndod if you're gonna be spending money and spend sending it out do it in a manner which won't compromise um, your children and your wife or your husband and um keep your responsibilities as home in check and ensure that that is primary in terms of how you operate if you are going to be spending those extra funds outside the home environment again use it wisely don't be reckless you know it's cheaper for you to get a decent good apartment for three four nights off an expensive hotels um fees and if you're going to be doing it recurrently save money don't be reckless in terms of Just because things are okay now, um, things will be there that way forever. And also like if you are in that situation when you are um, in that extramarital relationship, receive. Um, And receive doesn't mean gifts. It means be empowered, get an education, get a business, get something out of it. Now, is this an implicit or explicit endorsement of an extramarital union? No, it's me saying let's use common sense because money is the game here in terms of Um, how it affects and impacts all of us and let's use it wisely and then finally we also spoke about those who are not necessarily married but still there is financial consequence um, in the result of a financial uh, infidelity or infidelity period so what we're saying here is we've had a time period where we've been with our primary relationships and we've had time to discuss and think about a lot of things we need to be saying going forward is it necessary is it even wise for you to be thinking of uh, being in that extramarital situation um, if you don't need to me because at the end of the day you cannot talk love um without talking money and as Gwen Guthrie once said no romance with no finance we'll keep having these discussions on our podcast thank you for joining me Gerald Mr. G at mrg double at mrg double EZO ask gerald.co.za today we were talking the sensitive topic of um, love and money and yes it's great to be in love but do it in a way which you're responsible um, if you are going to be in that situation where you have a relationship again measure each other financially um if you're preparing for marriage prepare for that marriage with some financial counseling because sometimes um what our parents did teach us way back that you know you don't marry um a certain profile person it's true um you need to be counseled to prepare yourself for someone who's from the wrong side or the other side of the rail tracks because if you're not it will ultimately lead to this equation and this discussion of financial infidelity and if you ask anyone You know, just besides the emotional and the hurt of a divorce, the worst part is often the financial loss and you don't want to be putting yourself into a financial loss all because you fell in love. So see you soon and thank you for joining me.